Welcome to The Satisfaction Project, your adults-only guide to independent sex professionals with Aussie escort Georgie Wolfe. Welcome back to another episode of The Satisfaction Project. This is episode 12 and I'm really excited to share this one with you because we're talking about a really important topic and that is safety. If you plan on having really good sex with sex workers, both physical and emotional safety are essential. And of course, you know, the whole process of booking an escort is designed to help create some confidence for both your sex worker and yourself. But of course, safety is a two-way street and what you do and say matters as well. This episode, I'm chatting with Cameron Hart. He is an independent escort based in Brisbane. He also produces online adult content. And basically, he's joined me so that we can explore the ways that we make our sexual experiences safer and what you as a client can do to get that safe, secure, satisfied vibe happening in your sessions. It was a pretty intense topic. After all, talking about safety usually is, but I got a lot out of it and I hope you do too. Before we dive in, here are regular disclaimers. Firstly, we don't speak for all sex workers. This is an opinion-only zone. Second, there's no legal advice here either. It's your job to know your local laws and follow them. And lastly, remember that everyone does things their own way. So no matter what, please follow your workers' advice. How you doing, Cameron? I'm doing good. Thank you very much. It's really nice chatting with you. Um, we spoke a little while back when I was um, trying to answer a question about our male escorts, and I really appreciated yes. your input. So I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because it's a tricky one. I'm very excited to be back. Thank you for having me. Before we get stuck into this stuff, um, I just have a few things to say. Firstly, this podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And Cameron, you're actually not in uh, Melbourne. Whereabouts are you at the moment? What land are you on? Uh, so I am uh, on the land of the uh, Turrbal Nation um, in Mianjin, also known as Brisbane. Yeah, great. Thank you. So um, this episode is about safety. We'll be talking about stuff that could be triggering, like sexual assault and sexual trauma. And I know that this stuff can be hard to listen to if you've had bad experiences in the past. So please use your best judgment, switch this off if you need to. Um, and if our conversation brings up distressing stuff for you, please consider talking to your therapist or getting support from someone you trust. Now that we've gotten that stuff out of the way, I would really love a bit of an intro from you, Cameron, about, um, you know, your work, what kind of work you do and how you sure. got into this work, how you got into the sex industry. No worries. Uh, uh, well, uh, my name is Cameron Hart. I am a escort sex worker um, and adult content creator currently in Brisbane, Australia. Um, I've been in the adult industry for getting close to seven or eight years now, uh, depending on who you ask. Um, I got into this industry because I uh, fell in love with a sex worker um, who I am now uh, engaged to. Um, and you have and, baby and baby is uh, right doing, there. Yes, 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 indeed. Uh, so we've got, um, uh, <laughs> a bub as well. Uh, so I love yes. it when sex workers breed. Sorry. <laughs> so good. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, but no, it was just a matter of, um, I, um, I can't remember if we went into this last time I was here, but, um, I sort of, I, I got into the industry kind of on a whim because I specifically wanted to, at least to some extent, have a an understanding of, of what my partner did for a living. Um, and whilst, you know, uh, they are, you know, technically AFAB, non-binary, but, you know, present as a, as a woman specifically for work, um, you know, I uh, my experiences to what someone in her position um, would experience are obviously very different, but... I wanted to sort of gain some kind of understanding of what it was like to, to walk a mile in her shoes. Mm. Um, so that's kind of why I got into the industry, um, to sort of check it out, so to speak. And then I found that it was something that worked for me. It stuck. Uh, it was something that I not only enjoyed, but obviously, you know, provided the levels of like financial security as well, um, in addition to the other things I was doing. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of 
guess you'd call it um, happenstance. Uh, but yeah, so seven, going on seven, eight years now in this industry and uh, not really looking at slowing down anytime soon. Such a good way to get started. And I wish a lot of the people I've dated in the past had actually had a crack at um, yeah. sex work so they could understand it. I kind of feel yeah. like you don't really get sex work unless you've done sex work. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, but I mean, it's part of my kind of moral philosophy is that you use it. You have to approach everything as much as is humanly possible with some level of empathy. And sometimes you can't engage with your own empathy unless you've actively had a physical, real experience Mm -hmm. doing what someone else has done or sort of living their life or sort of, you know, putting yourself in a position where you are, you know, engaging in the same things that, that, that any other said person is doing. So you can truly gain a perspective on their perspectives and and Mm. I guess that's just a very roundabout way of saying, you know, you know, don't judge anyone before you walk a mile in their shoes and that's what I try and do. Um, And it just so happens in this case that it was something that I enjoyed and was good at and and wanted to stick with. And this is a really good um, good thing for you to say because this episode is about empathy. We're going to be talking a lot about safety um, and it kind of goes both ways. So this is going to take, if you're a um, client listening, a bit of empathy to think about how your worker might feel and what they might need and the other way too for workers to think about what their clients Mm. might need. Um, And there's a really specific reason that um, I asked you to come and do this um, because you are mostly a male worker for women, yeah? Yeah, correct. So um, I I sort of, I I think the tagline I've got on my Twitter at the moment is professionally straight, but personally <laughs> bi or personally pansexual. Um, and that's, yeah, so I, the majority of my work is um, as a male escort who sees uh, women. Um, I have seen men in the past and I have seen couples in the past um, I think at some point we'll go over why I don't see couples anymore. Oh, but yes, in, I'd like that it, story. Yeah, but in general, um, it's, uh, yeah, so it's just mainly male escort who sees women, what I guess would be classically referred to in American media as a gigolo, although I do hate that term, something fierce. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, so that that is the, the bread and butter of my work in this industry is seeing women. Gigolo is the worst word. Like, what are you jiggling? There's yeah, no jiggling exactly. going on, is there? Like, no, not that anyone it, who has things that jiggle, it's not a bad thing, but, like, seriously. <laughs> well, not, not only that, but it's, um, it, 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 you know, inevitably brings up um, comparisons to uh, Rob Schneider and that terrible couple of movies terrible he was movie. in. Uh, yeah. And the, the less I am compared to Rob Schneider, the better. Yeah, it's not a great look. In terms of stereotypes, <laughs> there are some really bad stereotypes of women in the industry. And yep, sure, there are some really bad stereotypes of guys. And we mm. need to we need to not get too caught up in that shit, which is why I'm having this conversation, which is yeah, why I really wanted to have a bit of um a bit of different sort of gender perspective. Cause like I, I kind yeah. of feel like sometimes we we get when we think of safety, we think of very specific things. And those things are really important. So we talk about um, you know, we talk about women being at risk of sexual assault, for example, yes. uh, in terms of safety in sex and dating. And that's yep. a really specific thing and it's a really realistic thing and it's a thing we're totally going to talk about. But yeah, when course. it comes to the sex industry, there's so many different types of safety um, and mm. it can it's not about necessarily one person needing all the safety and the other person not needing any having any safety requirements, kind of like we all have safety stuff. Um, and, you know, if I'm a, as a female presenting worker, I have safety requirements. Yeah. Um, as a male presenting worker, I imagine you have safety requirements, but also yes. your clients have safety requirements when they meet you. Yes. And I, I'm sure my clients also have safety requirements. And I really want to talk about all this stuff without trying to, without trying to, I'm not trying to suggest that someone's fear of sexual assault is less important or not more important than someone's fear of feeling a bit, uns- you know, I'm not yeah, trying to course. prioritize anyone over anyone else. Yeah. Um, that was a very long way of explaining 
<laughs> I'm, I guess I'm just worried that as we talk about this stuff, people who have really valid and big scary fears like sexual assault or assault might worry that when we talk about the fact that clients might be afraid too and might need some safety yeah. that we're, we're kind of like minimising their fear and that's not where I want to go with this. Yeah, no, of course. Um, it's 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 a it's a constant conversation, and it's and it's a it's a constant back and forth. Um, and I think you know, I do obviously appreciate you having me on, especially given that I'm sure I have a very different perspective for for how I approach safety uh, professionally than than what other sort of female presenting and, and and queer sex workers would as well. But it's good to compare notes. Well, you know, mm. and obviously everyone has their own way of doing things and everyone has different safety requirements. Maybe you can compare notes a bit, find out what sure. you do, find out what I do and what maybe our clients need to do. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm kind of curious around, like, I don't think sex work is inherently <clears throat> unsafe any more than sex. No. Like, obviously there are some risks associated with sex that we need to of manage. I don't, think, I don't think sex work is any less safe than just having sex regularly but no. uh, but also if we don't feel safe when we're having sex with someone it can feel really awkward yeah, really uncomfortable and obviously really the sex can be really bad so feeling yeah. safe is kind of important and i'm kind of curious as to whether you've had um, experiences where maybe this has affected you like does feeling safe yeah. when you were working affect you yeah absolutely i mean i I, I rarely go into a booking, as you would imagine, I rarely go into a booking worrying necessarily about my physical health and safety in the same mm-hmm. way. Um, uh, you know, I, as a, as a pretty large um, man um, who sees predominantly women, um, I guess your general understanding of, of what you would conceive to be like a physical threat is probably a little bit diminished for me. Um, that's still something I always have on my mind, but I, in, in the past, you know, seven years of this work, I have never felt physically threatened by any of my clients. Um, at least not in a way that, um, makes me genuinely, you know, fear for my, for my bodily uh, health and safety. Mm-hmm. But, but when I go into bookings, for me, it's a matter of establishing that sort of sense of emotional comfort and safety mm. with a client. Uh, and that, you know, as you mentioned, that absolutely goes both ways. Um, the, the, even from a purely business perspective, the last thing I want is to provide a service where, a service where either party feels unsafe or uncomfortable or or not like they are there for the right reasons or the other party is there for the right reasons um so when i talk about safety it's for me predominantly a matter of having everything fleshed out at the beginning having very clear boundaries very clear expectations and very clear um uh, lines of communication so that when I meet up with a client, whether it's for the first time or whether it's for the 20th time, you know, we're not, neither of us are in a position where we are caught off guard by the circumstances or we are um, uh, uh, made to feel unsafe or uncomfortable by anything that's happening. Setting expectations kind Mm. of feels like it's a big part. I know that setting boundaries and setting expectations. So when we're talking to a client saying, hey, okay, what were you looking for? And then when they say, I want to do X, Y, and Z, saying, okay, I do X and Y, but I don't do Z so that they know. Um, If you can do that stuff, because I understand if if you're from a place in the world where sex work is criminalised, you can't talk about the sex before you have the sex. Um, We'll get to that because that's a whole other level of of, um, course freaky but have but sort of knowing knowing what to expect and knowing that your client knows what to expect and they're on the same page um kind of really reduces that risk of misunderstanding yeah absolutely and and i mean a lot of it is is um because when I, i see a lot of my clients are uh, they're basically at least a lot of the times when i'm seeing a client for the first time it's so they can essentially return to sexual activity. A lot of them are coming 
to me from, I guess, what you'd call a large hiatus from from sexual activity or they're coming out of um, a breakup or a messy relationship, and that can include abusive relationships. Uh, They're coming to me to work through sexual trauma. Um, I work... I have close contact with um, sex, some sexual health therapists who will um, refer clients to me if they are ready to seek physical intimacy with another person and they wish to do so professionally. Um, and so keeping that in mind, setting expectations is really a matter of just saying, okay, this might be what you think is going to happen or this might be what you expect to happen, but let's let's hash it out let's talk about it you know i'll say to them if you don't feel ready for penetrative sex then you don't have to have it like this is not you know this 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 booking is not about i'm trying to find a way not to put it crassly but i might have to like you're allowed coming to see (laughs) me is not just about getting a dick it's not about getting penetrated it is about Mm -hmm. an experience in which you can yeah, with a person in which you can feel comfortable and hopefully enjoy yourself. Um, so part of that, when I say setting expectations, it's often alleviating nerves and fears in a way that just says, hey, you don't have to expect anything beyond what you are comfortable with. And, you know, if you are comfortable with full-blown penetrative sex, if that is what you are seeking, then hell yeah, great, let's do it. Um, but if, if it only ends up being holding hands and chatting or cuddling or kissing or some light stuff that doesn't quite get to penetrative sex, but almost there, then that's fine too. Um, and that is about that, that whole situation is about sort of, uh, emotional safety and, and, and how one feels, uh, in the moment. Talking about um, emotional safety or psychological safety. It kind of sounds mm. like there's two layers to it. There's here's what's going to happen so you don't have to be nervous about something unexpected. Yeah. And here's the here's the agreement that you can back out at any time and you can say no to yes. anything. Yes. And actually making that clear because often when we're having sex with people, uh, not in the sex industry, just generally, like we've been brought up to think that we can't stop. Once you start, you can't exactly. stop. That if you're not enjoying something, sometimes it's just easier to shut up and put up with it than to stop yeah. or do something different. And well, we kind of need to unpick that with sex work, especially yeah. if you're paying for an experience. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a it's an ongoing conversation. Like consent, and you're absolutely right, like people, a lot of people fail to realise that consent can be withdrawn at any time. And that includes in the middle of sex, in the middle of full-blown penetrative sex. If if either party says, actually, I'm not, I, I'm not feeling this, I don't want to do this anymore, or I've had enough, that is a perfectly acceptable expression of consent. Um, and for sex work, it, it 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 absolutely still applies in that exact same way. Either party can say no. Uh, this is this is where my boundary is at, or this is where I like I'm done with this experience, or I'm done with this specific act, uh, and and there shouldn't ever be an issue with being able to express that. I think sometimes people, particularly who are new to sex workers, don't realise that sex workers have that right to say no. Like, oh, I'm paying yeah. and I'm getting something, therefore you know, I should get whatever I want. And that's a problem. But I I sometimes feel like even more experienced clients who've really gotten across, okay, you know, my sex worker is allowed to say no to anything, like their boundaries are are essential, forget that they can also say no. And then they might find themselves doing something they're not into. Um, I I got a message from a gentleman um, last week who was a bit like, oh, I only want to see workers who use condoms for blowjobs just because I have safer sex anxiety stuff um and it's kind of like well you know your sex worker has the right to ask for safer sex stuff that makes them feel safe but if a client has a higher safer sex standard they have a right to ask for that too yeah of course absolutely i think that's sometimes kind of overlooked like maybe they assume that their professional will set all the rules and they forget that actually they can still set boundaries too yeah, yeah, of course, and I think I think it's I think it's great that we're starting to have this conversation um, because you know sex work is a very broad and very intricate industry, um, uh, and the, the more we kind of establish 
both boundaries and levels of communication between professionals and their clients, then the better this industry can adapt and grow and sort of be in the public sphere uh, as something that is concerned with sexual health and consent and emotional safety Mm. and physical well-being, you know, across the board. It's tough because we not only need to get sex workers across it and sex workers generally are very across Mm. good communication um, and setting boundaries and saying no, but getting all our clients across it too because it is a two-way street, right? Yes, 100%. I'm kind of – so we've talked about maybe like psychological safety expectations, being able to say no. In terms of physical safety, I'm hearing that for you it's not as big of a problem and you're pretty – like I can see your biceps from here, mate, so we know that <laughs> you know, you're know you probably Thanks. pretty comfortable in your body and pretty confident. Um, I'm wearing a, a long top today so you can't see mine, but I have them. And <laughs> no, uh, I also – I study martial arts too, so unless someone's yeah, pretty nice. big, I'm not, yeah. not going to be intimidated physically. Sure. But for some people it's totally a thing and it, I could, so I've been in Absolutely. situations where I have felt physically in- intimidated. Yeah, of course. Or – met someone that I felt might be physically unsafe. Yeah. And this is where things like um, screening and safe calls and, you know, all that kind of stuff come in. And I guess I'm curious, um, everyone's going to have different requirements for making sure that their client is safe physically and maybe emotionally. Maybe it's part of the same package because if we're afraid that someone is physically unsafe, then we we don't feel emotionally safe either. We can't relax. Of course. Um, do you have, uh, I know that we might be in slightly different places due to gender, but do you have screening requirements for your clients that you don't budge on that are important for your yeah, safety? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I have a feeling that my screening requirements are probably very similar to to your average, um, you know, you know, female presenting worker. Um Simply because I, 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 that's where I learned all of my, you know, sex work business right. acumen from. Um, but, you know, I, I do all the usual things. Like I generally ask for a deposit, especially if it's a new client. If it's a client I've seen, you know, 10 times before, then we can forego the deposit. But if it's someone I've never seen before asking me to travel out half an hour to a hotel I've never heard of, then, yeah, I'm going to ask for a deposit. Um you know, I do all of the other requisite, you know, safety checks, you know, keeping in mind that we probably can't go into too no. much detail. For, for We have our ways for, and means. Yes, and that's absolutely. Where we go. Um, right. But I, I would imagine that my screening protocols probably match up with a lot of other people in this industry, including women, very well. Um, I I tend to there's – there's an, there's an added level to, to my screening in the sense that um, – uh, obviously, everyone in the industry is 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 used to, to time wasters. Um, right. There's an extra level of, of it for me because I will get, and it's happened more than once. Um, luckily, I've never been caught in a situation that, and this this will this will come back around to safety. Um, I get a lot of men trying to book me, um, despite the fact that I state pretty clearly in my advertising that I uh, don't see men. And and these guys will, they'll do one of two things. They will pretend to be women or they will outright lie and try and book me, um, you know, to the point where some of them have even sent me deposits. Um, I mean, that's a bit scary. It, yeah, absolutely. And and that that is, and, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, coincidental that um, as, a, as a male sex worker who sees women, uh, my primary safety concern still comes from men. Um, but yeah, so these guys will, um, these, they'll try and book me. They will try and get me to a location. They'll try and get me to a hotel and they'll essentially try and spring a booking on me because they will see, they will see that, you know, on my online profile, I say that I am personally bisexual. I do see men in my personal life, but professionally I only see women and they'll try and find a way around it. And so they'll try and sort of catch me out and be like, oh, well, you know, you are bisexual. So why don't we just do this booking? Um, Since you're here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've also had uh, men, I've had cisgender men um, pretend to be trans women specifically for that um, purpose as well. Like oh, really, really, really gross a, kind of nefarious stuff. What a shitty thing to do to trans yeah. people too because yeah, that's the kind of stuff that nasty right-wingers go around saying about trans people. Mm, that they're, And we know that's not true, right? No, that exactly. Trans people, are, they're very, their identities are valid. So to have people no. being shitty and actually reinforcing yeah, exactly. that, it's awful. Yeah, 
and and that's and so that's where a lot of my safety concerns come from. Um, so when I'm screening, there is this very unfortunate aspect of it where I basically have to try my hardest to uh, confirm the gender identity of the person um, uh, trying to book me. Um, and that is very much just a matter of, of, of safety and preference uh, for me. Mm. This, now we're getting into the scary shit. So mm. the reason that, that if I go to visit someone in a hotel room, I will check the bathroom to make sure there aren't three blokes hiding in the shower. Yes. And yep. this is not about sex work, folks. This is about there are assholes out there. There are assholes everywhere, right? Absolutely. Is, well, it's not yeah. even always about gender, although I hear you saying it's the blokes that appear to be um, some the most problematic mm. in this case. Um, I know that consent violation can happen yeah. from other uh, women well, let me put or it this other way. workers I've, I've, sometimes. I've never had, I've never had a woman um, try and trick me into a booking. I've never had a, a, a woman client try and spring a threesome on me or, or group oh, sex God, on me. Oh, God, I've had that I, happen to me. Yeah, I've never had, I've never had a... A, a woman um, try and book me as a quote-unquote surprise for her partner, uh, which is, you know, something that men do a lot with me. And I'm at the point now where I have a, I have a pre-written response to men who try and book me as a quote-unquote surprise for their wife or partner. And basically it lists the fact that what, do you, are, what you are doing is... is is extremely legally not okay. No. And it is bordering on coercive sex. In fact, to the, to the point where it is coercive sex, right? Well, so if, if feel I feel pretty freaked. Exactly. Same way as if I turned up and there were two dudes instead of one yeah. for the job. If exactly. you go home to your partner and there's some bloke there and they're yeah. looking at you expectantly, that's a threatening situation. Absolutely. And you know what? If I if I rock up to a booking and a you know and i am sprung on a a woman as a surprise as part of a threesome or part of just like uh, like a cuckold booking or something like that she may feel like she does not have the 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 right or the power or the position to decline so then i'm put in a position where i'm you know i can be if if i was to ever go ahead with one of these things i could be legally implicated um and and just more than anything, morally implicated. So that is something that I always try and stamp out as soon as it happens. Which is, there's no mm. such thing as a, you don't you do not book an escort as a surprise. Surprise sex of any type yes, is not good sex. Yeah, awful, awful, awful idea. And that's definitely no. something that I've had to deal with uh, in my screening before as well. I love seeing couples, but I have a really rigorous screening procedure that involves yeah. having to speak to both of them, sometimes having yes. to meet them. Yeah. Um, and I've had situations where one one of the partners felt w was being pressured and didn't really want to be there. And as soon as I picked up on that vibe, I laid it down. I'm like, nope, you yes. both have to be on board for this. So um, I will say, though, um, I have had once it was the bloke who didn't want to be on board and he did yeah. in fact and I, I joke about this but it's not actually funny he did in fact lock himself in the bathroom oh at the hotel God. room because he and I don't think he was physically it wasn't a physical threat to him it was an emotional threat he didn't feel safe yeah, in the situation course. and he kind of agreed he, he'd agreed to go through this process but he yeah. he clearly wasn't quite on board yet and he wasn't there and he didn't feel safe so um but again no, not, no, not physically unsafe so yeah. we are talking about different types of Feeling unsafe, right? Of course. This is why I stopped doing couples booking specifically is because, so first and foremost, I'm in a very privileged position where I can turn down bookings if I if I wish to because they don't, you know, they don't make up, like couples bookings never made up a huge portion of, of my sex work income. Um, but I, I found myself in a position more than a few times where one – it felt to me like there was always one party who wanted me there a little bit more than the other. Oh, that's and that, hard. And that made for some very sort of uncomfortable relationship and power dynamics that I was kind of almost just there as a witness to. Um, it, yeah. You know, it, it never got to the point where I felt like I was, um, you know, you know, uh, smashing through any consensual boundaries or anything like that. But it was enough to be like, you know what? I'm not 
I, I'm here to help you guys have fun. I'm not here to help you guys work through whatever potential relationship issues you may have. Hands-on relationship um, counsellor. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's nothing worse than rocking up to a booking and, and you know, you know, I'm there to basically sort of engage in, in a consensual sexual experience with, with two other people, but one of them is very clearly uncomfortable, whether that's the, the male or whether that's the female in that, in that because it's generally a heterosexual partnership that I would be booked for mm-hmm. couples bookings with. Um, and if, you know, whether it's the guy, whether it's the girl, like one of them would often be more enthusiastic than the other and vice versa. And after a few of those bookings, I was like, this makes me feel weird and I don't like it and I'm going to stop seeing couples for now. It's so hard. And the gender stuff totally comes into this too because for Mm. some reason and inviting another bloke into your bedroom is more often more threatening for straight couples than inviting this whole thing that that girl-on-girl action is okay but guy-on-guy isn't or that it's more less comfortable or uh, there's a, you know, it's less emasculating to have your girlfriend playing with another with a woman than with a bloke. Yes. And I think all this yeah, stuff is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Like if you're having sex with someone, you're having sex with someone. Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't come into it, but it does. So yeah. when I do when I do threesomes, I make friends with the other chick, and that's how I do it. And that brings the um, so that I make sure she's a hundred percent on board. And ninety nine percent of the time, if she's safe and comfortable, her male partner is safe and comfortable. But of course, the fact that you're a dude means suddenly that that particular gender kind of balance gets all out of whack and you'd have a yeah. lot more work to do yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah not so fun. like this this issue of safety is a messy business like we've mm. kind of gone all over the place from fear of sexual assault and fear of physical yeah. threat to yeah. fear of being unsafe whether it's their client whether it's the um worker like clearly it's yeah, kind of across the board and then of course the gender so you know yeah. yeah like just acknowledging that often a lot of the people that are boundary pushing or come across as a bit threatening yeah um are blokes but yeah then Mabel also acknowledging that I would I would yeah. really caution um caution everyone to think about safety as something yeah. you should do with everyone because um you know ju- just because you're a trick doesn't give you a free pass from being a shithead to no, other people too oh and look you know what and and it is worth pointing out sort of at this juncture that I have had pretty negative experiences with women that do involve safety. Like I said, you know, I've never felt like my physical health is in danger, but I, funnily enough, on this conversation, like my first booking ever, my first booking ever was with a woman who um, basically invited me over to her place and she'd never done this kind of thing before and she just wanted to have some glasses of wine, have some cheese, have some crackers and just sort of chat for a couple of hours and then at the end, she gave me a bit of a cuddle and that was it. And that's what she wanted, right? Um, what followed for the next like three months was constant barrages of SMS messages and emails. Oh, harassment. Yeah. So she became pretty obsessed um, with with me as a, as, a, as a worker and as a person. And it got to the point where I had to threaten legal action because she would not stop just constantly calling and texting and sending me emails. So stalking. We're talking yeah, about stalking, yeah, yeah, basically. absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what it was. And you know, it's funny. It's, it took years for me to sort of realize that that's what it was because I just thought, oh, I probably had this very negative, con- uh, you know, connotation in my brain where I was like, oh yeah, this is probably just what sex work is. Like the oh, you oh, get all God. these creeps and weirdos, you know, because uh, no. that was literally that was no. literally my first booking ever. And oh. but I was again very lucky that I had a support network around me that was like, no, 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 that's not. This isn't that's normal. Right. You shouldn't accept it as as normal. Mm. So, um, and I've had a couple of experiences like that. There are. There's a specific number of, of women who see quote-unquote straight male escorts who will express this kind of aggressive entitlement towards them and they will do, you know, they'll, they'll practice a lot of the, 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 the same toxic behaviours that a lot of male clients of female escorts will do. Things like, you know, the, the un, un, unprovoked messages and emails and calls, um, basically the constant contact that hasn't been consented to um lots of sort of expectation of unpaid labor and 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 intimacy Mm. and and communication um so that does absolutely happen in my line of work um and these are all really clear boundary violations yes yeah Yeah, even if you're physical person isn't threatened uh your emotional person is being threatened and that's valid too yeah 
Yeah. Look, um, you know, I think I've I, that's pretty full on, and I'm really sorry you had that experience. That's no, no. That's, I mean, you know, that's it, it is. I mean, it was a lesson to be learnt, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and you know, when well, we're without starting out, without sort of without sort of painting it as like this inevitable thing that anyone no. should have to deal with, but like it was a lesson that I sort of had to learn pretty quickly. I think. I kind of feel like most people. Most of us are pretty bad at boundaries and most of us are pretty bad at consent. And then, unfortunately, sex work, you see that because you're encountering so many different types of people. You really get it. It's like dating a lot of different people. You really get a feel for, oh, actually, there are tons of people out there who have bad emotional boundaries or have personal problems that spill over into these really negotiated interactions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do I do really like how you sort of pointed out before that and I think this is something that listeners need to be very sort of aware of in, is is that a lot of sex workers kind of we we disagree with this notion that that sex work is inherently dangerous in one way shape or form right because the the anti sex work and the anti porn and the anti sort of um, adult industry movement is predicated on this idea that sex work or porn or whatever kind of adult adult entertainment you want to talk about makes things worse or it it has an influence on society and on patriarchy and on men specifically that makes these behaviors worse or these ideas worse or these expectations worse it's encouraging bad treatment of people particularly women they're very big on the encouraging bad treatment of women like have you seen how my clients treat me yeah the other way mate you've got it wrong way around but but more so than that is that is that there's no you, you ask any woman, any woman, whether they're a sex worker or not, and this is the thing, most women are not sex workers, right? But most women will have experience with significant sexual harassment or sexual assault and even rape. It's, you know, statistically speaking, what are we talking like? Anywhere between one in five to one in ten women yep. have been victims of rape, more Super so common. victims of, of, of assault and sexual harassment. And these things exist with and without the sex work industry, mm-hmm. the, the the idea that these things are cultural signifiers or social signifiers of, um, you know, moral degradation or social degradation is, is a fundamentally false concept um, because the society at large fails to actually address the problems, which is patriarchy as a whole, men's behaviour as a whole. Um, just and our just, weird ideas about gender, our weird exactly. fucked up shit about gender that we teach exactly. to everyone that gets in the way. Gender yeah. and consent and just overall sexual behaviour. I think there is a far greater damage done to, you know, intersocietal sexual relationships by puritanical and fundamentalist belief systems than by porn or sex work. Just... Like, to summarise, fuck those guys. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, And, in fact, I feel it kind of goes the other way. Like, since I started doing sex work, I've had a chance to have really clear conversations with clients about what I do and don't want, and they have the chance to practice telling me what they do and don't want, and that brings up safety for us, and then I take that stuff back into my personal life and I use those skills and they take that negotiation and that, conversation and they use that 100%. in their personal lives yeah and it helps create a lot more safety not just for us yeah, but for the definitely. other people that i have sex with in the future and that they yeah. have sex with in the future 100 percent. it's you know it's good and practice it's, yeah and it's just you know and people sort of at, at this point will often bring up things like um survival sex work and street-based sex work and and they'll say things like well you know that's extra dangerous and that's particularly harmful and and you've sort of got to turn around and say well no what you're referring to is people forced into you know lifestyles or behaviors that they may not necessarily want to be so they can survive in a capitalist like capitalism system. yes exactly <laughs> so they can survive in a capitalist system and also these people aren't they're victims of a system that criminalizes and stigmatizes sex work. You can't turn around and say sex work is dangerous when what you're actually referring to is the way society treats sex workers. That's not the same yeah. as something being inherently wrong or inherently dangerous or inherently, you know, Jeez, it's a good corrupt. cop out though. To say, oh, it no, is, it's not our it bad is. attitude about sex work. It's sex work itself. But actually it is the bad attitude about sex work. And if we drop the bad attitude, it just becomes another service exchange. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. 
Don't forget that we have an online membership program. Membership gives you access to videos on our website that show you how to have incredible experiences with sex workers. We even have a private Twitter feed so that you can connect with your fellow sexual adventurers. To become a member, visit satisfactionproject.com and hit the sign up button. Yeah, this has been really good. I'm going to I'm going to come back to some positives because I know we've covered some heavy Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, sure. But this this is good stuff for all of us to think about. It's good for clients to think about. Like I know a lot of you guys listening uh, you know, thinking about safety can feel uncomfortable. Thinking that your worker might be afraid of you or nervous around you can feel really personal. And I've run into clients who are like, but why do I need to give you my idea? Or why do I need to give you yeah. this information? I, I'm a nice person. And it's like, hey, it's, it's not about you. It's just about our past experiences. And, you know, we don't know you yet. So kind of having that empathy around what your worker might be feeling and what they might yeah. need to feel safe is a really good exercise. But if we come around to the positive stuff, like, um, how, what, what do you need? I guess I'm trying to land on like, what do clients need to give their workers to help them feel safe so that they, everyone can relax and have a good time. And what, what maybe should clients be doing for themselves to feel safe? So for, I mean, f for your worker, for your, for your hired professional, um, it's a laundry list. So you've got to treat them with the same respect you would treat anybody else. Again, it's a fine line because we're talking about sex and intimacy, which is a very, very mm. personal thing. Um, right. There is this kind of divergent sort of thought, or not divergent thought, but there's a, there's a kind of thought that exists amongst a lot of sex workers where where they basically they'll say things like sex work, sex work is work, which it is obviously, but they'll but they'll sort of discount the sex aspect of it. They'll be like, you know, sex work is work, and it's just work. And my response to that is, well, no, it's still sex. You still have to treat it like sex sex, sex work is work and sex work is mm -hmm. sex so what you know clients need to do is you know treat your sex worker like a professional someone you would you know expect a good service from but also someone that you would treat with respect um but also you know they're going to be your intimate partner in some way shape or form so treat them with the same respect that you would treat you know someone if you were on a date and if yep. you were sort of in a sort of in the intimate setting with now, that's all well and good. But given how human beings are very sort of complex and that not all relationships are good and not all sort of sexual interactions are good, that that's, that obviously leaves a lot towards interpretation. So I guess I will right. round that all up and say treat sex workers with the same respect that you would expect to be treated yourself in that same situation. Yeah. Um, on top of that... Um, uh, very basic stuff, but be hygienic. Like no one likes, like if I rocked up to a booking with bad breath and and I hadn't had a shower in, in 12 hours, like I, I would expect you to turn around and go, hold on, that's not okay. So, you know, clients. This is a good judgment problem. Like we, yes. want, to, we want to see clients that demonstrate they know how this works. And if a Absolutely. client can demonstrate that they know how this works, they pay the deposit, they go through yeah. the screening, they turn up well mm. presented, then I yeah. relax because I'm like, oh, you, yeah. you know the drill, you know how this should go, which means I'm not afraid yeah. you're going to suddenly do something yeah. freaky because yeah. you know how you should behave. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, clients, I, th I think a lot of clients need to, allow themselves to enjoy themselves if that makes any sense you know and that's mm. e again that's easier said than done but like you know you're hiring a sex worker to to do a job and to provide a service but it's a service specifically designed nine times out of ten to to help you enjoy yourself help you relax help you have a good time so give yourself over to those feelings like you know enjoy yourself relax don't be afraid to ask for things that you want this is why I think safety is so important. I actually reckon yes. a lot of clients have trouble actually relaxing and enjoying themselves because there's some worries going on in the back of their head. Like, Absolutely. What if, what if I get outed? What if suddenly yeah. they stop and tell me I've got a small dick? What if, yeah. uh, you know, that stuff? And I guess mm. kind of letting go of that, like, um, yeah. you know, how do, how do we, how, how can clients mm. let go of some of those worries? How can they feel a bit safer? And to me, it's just asking. It's going, mm. hey, you know, I just, just to let you Absolutely, know, I'm really nervous yeah. coming into this. I just, can you reassure me that yeah. you're going to be nice to me? And then the worker yeah. go, yeah, I will. I'll take extra good care of you. You know, all that kind of stuff. One of the first things I say to a new client is, um, and this is why I prefer for the first contact, I prefer email as a contact because it allows you to get out a lot of things and sort of express them very directly, but in a mm -hmm. way that's, um, that's not 
as confronting as a phone call can be to some people. It's easier um, to type. Yeah. For sure. and, and so one of the things I say is, I, I say to them, I say, I am an open book. There's no question too stupid or too silly or too gross or, um, you know, too intimate to ask me. Like, ask me. Ask me a question. If you're worried about something, express it. If you have boundaries that you're not entirely sure about, just express them. Tell them to me. Um, there's there's nothing that you can say to me as a sex worker, as someone who's been in the sex industry for seven years, that is going to make me freak out or get right. grossed out or or sort of react in a way that makes me not want to see you. Like, no, 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 express yourself. Like, the, the better communication we have, the more that we can talk this out, the, the more that we can communicate and talk out of booking before that booking happens, the, the easier that will be once we are together in a room, you know. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, another aspect of this, this thing is like, you know, a lot of people have like, you know, relaxation rituals and they have things that they like to do to sort of Ooh. calm themselves down. Um, I see, I do a lot of coffee dates before yep. seeing clients for the first time. Highly recommended. So I'll just be like, Hey, if you, you know, you, you know, and, 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 you know, for, for, for a woman booking an escort for the first time, like you might not want to hire at a hotel and, you know, invite a stranger to come see you at that hotel in the middle of the night. Like I get that, but you still want to have a, a, a service with a sex worker. So, you know, you know, take me on a, a coffee date first. Let's meet up at a cafe. I'll recommend the place. We'll meet there during the day and we can sit and chat as, you know, two regular people having a coffee, you know, talking about things that, that may or may not be related to uh, a further booking. Um, Much but, less pressure. Yeah, you get to know me outside of that, that um that uh, that context where you might feel a little bit more pressured. Um, this works for me too because yeah. when I meet people on coffee dates, it means I've already met them before I'm alone in a room with them. Yes, And exactly. it means that I know that they're safe because I've had a chance to talk to them and get their general mm. vibe. And it means that when I am alone in a room mm. with them, I'm so much more relaxed and we're going to have so yeah. much more fun because yeah, I've absolutely. already determined they're safe. I don't yeah. have to do it in a split second when I walk mm. through the door. So and it works yeah. for everyone, right? And, and this is the thing, right? Like sex workers are, as sex workers, we are masters of, uh, of working out vibes. Like people don't really quite fast. understand that, but it's like, one thing that sex work has imparted on me, uh, and I also get this from my work in the, the health and fitness industry, but like as a sex worker specifically, like you can tell someone's general vibe very quickly uh, and you'll know kind of almost instantly whether or not you're going to gel with another person or whether right. you're going to feel comfortable with them. You feel it in your body. Um, it's trust exactly. your gut. Mm. And you know what? It doesn't have to be a coffee date. Like, um, I've got plenty of clients, uh, new clients who are like, hey, let's go out for a drink first. Let's, you know, let's grab a drink at a bar and then, you know, we'll do a booking the next night or something like that. Um, sometimes um, if it's uh, something that's very common when I'm seeing a, a, a client that's traveling interstate, they'll say, hey, why don't you meet me at the hotel bar and we'll have a drink before we go up to yeah. the hotel room so we neutral can sort of suss out the vibes. Yeah, exactly. Neutral ground. That's right. And, you know, obviously, you know, alcohol and consent can be sort of a tricky mix so you never want to go overboard with that but you know having a cocktail or a glass of wine with a client before a booking is a good way to just kind of ease the nerves a little bit and, and get to know one another without that sort of grander expectation looming over your head that's that's two things you've just brought up for me one is maybe a lot of clients could benefit from really learning how to tune into that body feeling of yes is this does this person feel good for me because i often feel like especially with dudes um especially with guys where they're taught that any sex is good sex and if you meet a woman yeah. you need to follow through and and fuck them whether you want to or not but maybe yeah. maybe guys maybe just meeting someone for coffee and then actually just tuning into how you're feeling being like yeah. do i feel a connection with this person or do i feel a bit uneasy and maybe that uneasiness maybe they're not right for you maybe they are a little bit you know, they don't relate to you in a way that helps you feel safe. And that's legit. If you feel that, you don't have to go and do a full service Of booking. course. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing that comes up for me, oh, no, I've lost it. It was really good too. I was drinking. Yes. Um, I, I know a lot of clients who want to have a few drinks to get over their nerves before yeah. they do the booking. Yeah. But if you have too many drinks, you're probably not going to be able to articulate your boundaries very well. Exactly. You may not be as safe. So yeah. even if you feel tempted to do a few shots if it's your first time seeing an escort, mm. maybe it's better not to do that and to sit with your feelings. Because if you do get kind of wasted, you're not maybe you're not in the best place to exactly. work out how you're feeling in the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I think that applies to every gender. Yeah, absolutely. 
stick stick to like if if you really want to have a drink before booking just you know stick to one stick to one glass of wine or one beer or something um and if you and if you you know if you're the kind of person who can't drink without drinking a lot then just hold off and do a coffee date instead or do something else instead right. as your kind of like comfort ritual and the 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 thing that of course lies across all of this that we talked about earlier is that you're always allowed to say no. A worker is allowed yep. to say no if they don't feel safe, even if it's just nothing to do with you and you didn't mean anything but they're just getting a bad vibe and they're not comfortable. They're mm, allowed to leave. It. They're allowed to stop. And if you're a client and you feel unsafe, you're allowed to leave. doesn't mean you get to demand your money back necessarily, but you do get to get up and go if you're not feeling good. Absolutely. Situation. Absolutely. Really good. Thanks. I hope we've covered some good, a few things. I think we have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um yeah it's there's always a lot to talk about. I always sort of like I, I feel like I end our conversations like <laughs> afterwards being like oh, I should have said this, I should have said this, but like oh. no, I think we hashed out some good stuff today, which is good. Yeah, yeah, there's some good stuff there. And to be honest, safety is such a big topic. I could talk about it for literally hours, yes. but I am a nerd, and maybe <laughs> clients would prefer the hour version to the three hours. So I really hope you, that it has helped you, folks. That's given you some thoughts around safety, both your safety and other people's safety, um, so that we can all just. Like, you know, let this stuff go and get down to enjoying ourselves. Um, before we wrap up, I would like to, if you're open to it, give you a bit of a question. So I get a lot sure. of anonymous questions through the website. People, we have a little anonymous question form and clients send their question in and yep. super random stuff. But a client did send a question in that seemed like it might be relevant to today's discussion yeah 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 yeah. and the question is okay so someone's written in and they said why do escorts ask for a deposit i don't <laughs> understand how that protects them so in terms of safety how, how does a deposit help us feel safe so generally speaking and now first and foremost he i just got to sort of i got to follow up that question with a question do you think this question <laughs> has come from someone who is genuinely curious about what a deposit means for safety or do you think it's come <laughs> from someone who's not a huge fan of paying deposits i suspect from the tone that it may come from someone who doesn't like paying deposits <laughs> and is like well do i have to do this yep. like do i you know is this really necessary and I, yep. the answer i suspect is yes it is necessary yep. but tell us why so okay so the first aspect of this is pretty self-explanatory which is a deposit means that someone is much much less likely to be a time waster right. so if you've got if you've got physical money in your account from a real human being who has a real bank account then that is already proof, that's already proof to us that you are a real person and you intend on making a booking. Um, on top, then the next level up from that is it is financial safety. It's financial security in the sense that because here's what happens: if someone says, "I want a booking at this time for four hours um, at this place," that is time that we immediately cross out of our diary as time that we cannot work. Um, so if you've paid a deposit. In, in advance for that booking and then you need to cancel. Um, let's say you cancel at the last minute. You can't really reschedule your work at the last minute or very rarely can you do that. Um, so what that at least means is if you have to cancel at the last minute or you don't rock up but you've paid a deposit, we have at least made some kind of financial gain from that right. period that we've had to basically uh, you know, preclude ourselves, uh, exclude ourselves from working. Financial safety is safety too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You need that money. Maybe you need to pay the rent. And financial exactly. security is safety. So yes. this stuff is important. I'd also add that turning up to a bloody hotel lobby and then finding out the person who booked you isn't even there, which I've done, it's yeah. really demoralizing. And it once is. it's happened to you once and it's only yeah. happened to me once, then every time you're going out to meet someone, if you don't have yeah. a deposit, you're yeah. stressing out because mm. they could just leave you standing there like a fuckwit, excuse yeah. my language. Um, And no, so, yeah, fine. like that's... I'm not going to have a great booking if I'm standing in the lobby worrying that I'm get, going to get stood up again. So that's actually emotional safety yeah. for me too. Getting a deposit is emotional safety. Absolutely. And then, you know, you've got the next level up, which is, and I, and I don't, I don't think this is too much inside baseball. I think it, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious to anyone from the outside looking in, but if you have paid a deposit, then there is a physical paper trail. Like it is very unlikely that you're a, 
like a criminal mastermind and you've got offshore bank accounts to, to book sex workers with, though, though right. that is a possibility. Um, but if that you, sounds like a movie. Yeah, but if you've paid a deposit um, from a bank account, that is a that is a very literal digital slash paper trail um, that basically sort of tells us that you are not just legit, but you also are, I guess, less likely to pose a, a, a physical threat to us you're uh, s- simply because you, you have put yourself on the line and, and, and you have put a digital footprint because uh, nothing nothing is ever gone from the internet. Nothing is ever gone. There's always a there's always a trail. And if you've put a deposit in, then then we know that you're you're a real person mm-hmm. and we know that if it came down to it, we could actually we could absolutely go, right, this I got a deposit from this account. This was the person who wronged me in such and such way. Yeah. Um now, there are absolutely bad clients who have paid deposits to women and then behaved awfully there's the idea that a deposit is a hundred percent you know protection from abuse or any kind no, of things can still go wrong yeah absolutely but it is i think for a lot of women in the industry it's it's something that at least gives that extra like it's, it's a it's a confidence boost in exactly that what you're going into is legit and more safe than if you were going into a booking with someone who hadn't paid a deposit and you had no connection with whatsoever. And a confidence boost is creating emotional safety. So yes. by following someone's screening requirements, giving them your ID if they ask for it, um, you know, paying the deposit, answering their questions, you're creating a mm. sense of safety for them. That means yeah. they're going to connect with you better when you finally meet. So it's a good investment. This is probably worth bringing up in this podcast. Uh, I'm asking for, from all of my clients, I'm asking for proof of vaccination. Um, mm. I have a I have a um, a newborn son um, who has yet to get his full vaccinations at the moment, and he won't be able to get a COVID vaccination right. for some time. Um, so, for me, as a matter of my my health and safety and the health and safety of my family, I am asking all uh, booking inquiries and existing clients to provide me with proof of vaccination. Um, and that's Love just, it. it's, it's a very, very simple sort of health and safety thing. It's, it's something that has caused, um, a couple of, a couple of hiccups in the road. I've definitely noticed a downturn in, um, bookings that follow through since I started asking, uh, but it's, but that's, that's something that I'm sort of non-negotiable on at the moment. And that's absolutely a, a safety requirement for me. Good on you. I've had clients that have had vaccination requirements and this is yeah. a bit like safer sex for me. Whoever has the stricter requirement is the one we follow to help yes. everyone feel comfortable. So absolutely. I've had clients who've said, would you mind doing a rapid test right before or the day yeah. before? And yeah, like if that's what you need to feel safe, yeah. I can, I can fulfill those yeah. requirements. Definitely. Um, it's definitely about making sure everyone feels like they've yeah. got what they need, even if yeah. it's even if it's not the requirement that we personally would want. We still mm. respect the other sure. person's need to feel safe in yeah. whatever way is right yeah. for them. Right? Definitely, it's not oh, just one way. Worth pointing out, clients, if you are asking your sex worker to take a rapid test, as is totally your right, you provide the rapid test or you yeah. pay for it, and vice versa. So, if a yeah. sex worker requires you to take a rapid test, as I provide know a lot of a lot of people are are asking at the moment. So if you're asking for it, you provide it. They're not they're not cheap and they're not easy to come by. So Oh my god. What a time to be alive. Yeah. But thanks for bringing that up. This is important. It's yeah. right, right up there with safer sex, physical safety, screening. Um, your your health is important and we all get to set our own, our own standards around that. That's it. Thank you so much for this chat. It's been No, you're really very, big. very welcome. Thank you for having me yet again. So much stuff. Um, before we go, can you let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can find you if they're interested in booking you, where they can find sure. your other stuff? Because I know you've got a bit of stuff on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if, you're, if you are in the Brisbane area or you're looking to, I don't know, fly me out somewhere, uh, you can find me on Scarlet Blue. and just, just Google Scarlet Blue Cameron Hart and you'll find my profile there. I am on Twitter at Cameron Hart Oz, A-U-S. Uh, that's all one word, Cameron Hart Oz. 
um, uh, be warned, it's it's very uh, OnlyFans content centric at the moment. So if you're not a fan NSFW. of yes, NSFW, not safe for work. Uh, so if you're not interested in seeing uh, people fuck and uh, my my naughty bits, then uh, maybe steer clear. But I do tweet sort of other you. other stuff there as well. Um, so it's a it's a mixed bag. Uh, you can. Speaking on that, you can also find me on OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com slash Cameron Hart Oz as well. And if you do book Cameron, coffee date all the way. Totally coffee, the way to go. Coffee date, um, even uh, if it's, you know, if it's if it's the night before or the week before, a couple of drinks at a bar, that works for me. Um, whatever you want, walk in the park, that works too. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on this stuff. No, thanks really for having appreciate me. appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. If you want to become an expert client, head on over to the website satisfactionproject.com for more articles, your questions answered, and exclusive member-only content. After all, wise clients are the best clients. Stick with us and you'll be well on your way to having those peak experiences with sex workers that make life worth living.